swept the technique. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I, uh, I hope you like Usher. We love you, the listener. We love the hive. We take care of you. We're there for you whenever you need us the most. And sometimes we give things away. Uh, a little bit later, don't call now. Don't call now. A little bit later, we're going to give away some tickets to go Ooh. see Usher. Well. We're not going to just give it to some random caller. you got to know Usher. We want to give it to people who know and like Usher. I don't give it to some random that's going to put it on the secondary market. We want to give it to somebody who is interested and has interest in seeing Usher. Yeah, so we're don't gonna get give it away caught later. up. Just we're going to give it away to a, a trivia. To the uh, rules. Answer. Yeah. Yeah, but that's gonna be later on in the. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you when we do it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay here with us. Yeah, you got it bad. Do it? You kidding me? That's we're right. gonna give away some Usher tickets a little bit later. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP and HRMP listener line. I see what you did there. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Who is the most important Astro starter? Get to that in two minutes. Um, here's what I want from Lance McCullers. Like he's been talking a little bit about the timeline. He was doing the Houston sports awards. You know, hopefully he didn't break a nail or anything. He said, I know it's never really good to put dates on things, but I would like to be back or really close to being back by July. Uh, he said he's probably six months before you have to worry about it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, here's where I'm at with Lance. Like he's saying, you know, work really hard to be back by July. That's great. Like I want you to work hard. I want you to rehab hard. Like you should be doing those things. It's your, that's your job. Um, and I'm not as like scorned with McCullers as some like, oh, his contract's brutal and we hate McCullers because he's not on the mound. Like he's been unlucky. Like is he injury prone yet? A little soft? Yeah, probably. But he's been unlucky. Like I don't, I don't dislike Lance McCullers. We have fun at his expense, but I don't dislike Lance McCullers. Here's what I want from Lance. Just be back by August. Just be back by August. That's all I need. The Astros are a playoff team. I said the other day I think they're going to run away with the American League West. Be back by August. That way you get X amount of games to get you fresh and ready to go for the postseason. That's all I need this year from Lance McCullers. Back by August, get a few games under your belt, and we're good to go. You know why I'm chuckling, because this is exactly the conversation that we had a year and a half ago. But he's got it fixed. He had the surgery. Let's hope so. But, it, yeah, and you know how passionate I was about how long it took to finally get that surgery. I agree with you. I'm, I was going to say anywhere between the All-Star break and the start of August, you can get him back and expect to kind of boost your entire rotation if he has anything close to left what he had prior to getting hurt. He's got above-average stuff. We've highlighted that. You're right. He's not expensive. It's just that he's expensive if he doesn't pitch at all. But if you can get him back, add him to your rotation, and know you are going to have the cavalry start showing up at different times to continue to bolster your team, I hope to hell you're right. I hope they run away with this division. I'm a little bit more skeptical and concerned than you are about the fact that there are going to be some teams that are going to be nipping at their heels to where it's not going to be a cushy comfort ride the entire year. And let's not forget the Rangers are going to get back to Grom at some point and they're going to get Scherzer back at some point. So we know that that offense can hunt. I just feel like Lance to this team is most effective, much like anybody else. This is the Brantley conversation of a year ago, too. I don't need you back by opening day. I just need you back when it matters most. And if it matters most as you go down the stretch, whether it's because you are in a dogfight or because you're preparing for the playoffs, knowing that with bigger and, and better things on the horizon to chase, that he is the kind of pitcher you need, it would be fantastic. 
That's where that's where I'm at. Like take I, I'm not I'm not saying take your time, but like do it right. And if it means you're back two weeks later, that's okay. I don't need you back by July. I understand you're eager, and that's good. I want you to be eager to be back. Yeah, look, relax, Jeremy. There's not going to be any kind of work stoppage that's going to delay his rehab. That's not going to give him the adequate personnel to get him on a reasonable time frame to get back when he needs to get back, like yeah. there was before and multiple times. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, just, I'm optimistic that the surgery fixed the problem. Like the problem I'm saying, existed, remember he blamed know? it on the fact that before he was willing to admit he needed a second surgery, it was, well, now I'm set back because my regular rehab guys I wasn't allowed to use because it was part of the yeah, lockout. Yeah, that was the lockout. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, Seven one three seven eight zero espn Who is the most important Astros starting pitcher this year? I mean, there's several you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, to me, I still trust Fromber's stuff enough to – that I'm not going to worry about him a whole hell of a lot. I think it's Christian Javier because I think Christian Javier elevates this entire staff. I think that all signs are that Verlander is going to be there at the top of the rotation. Maybe he's going to be a little behind, as he said. Maybe he's not. But even if it's a couple of weeks, you're fine. It's the same conversation we just had about as long as you're ready when it counts, we're going to be fine. But I don't worry about the top two. But from that point on is where it gets a little dicey. And if you could really stabilize that number three starter until Lance gets back or whatever else, you know, whoever else gets back and how they're going to do it, I think Javier is the most important. I think that he he signed long term. He's got he's got the stuff that we know that that translates to getting guys out. I think that the way he stepped back last year from was fixable, and I think that rest was going to play a lot of that too. I think as we discussed the other day on the show. Uh, if his velocity is back where it was, and he, and or you know a mile, a tick, a little bit even better, you, I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot to worry about. He doesn't have to go as deep into games. Yeah, the pitch count was a worry, but to me, if Javier is right, I think all is right with this staff. Yeah, see, I I go with upside. Like, I need my highest upside pitcher to be at their best. Like, I think that's how the good teams win. Is like you have. You know, three good pitchers, and then one of them's great. One of them's elite. I'll take upside as the most important thing all the time. Like you can find, hey, I guess, I guess uh, that's that's not fair. You can't just find really good pitchers or good pitchers. But I'm still the upside guy, where I want my best pitcher to be his best. If I can have one guy to be their very best, give me the guy who's when he's at his best, he is the best one of all the options. I don't think Verlander's in that conversation anymore because of his age, mm-hmm. and that's not to say that I, don't, I think Verlander is going to be trash and washed and be a bum this year. I just I don't expect him to be the best pitcher on the staff. I don't think he has those capabilities to be the best pitcher on the staff anymore. Um, I think there are three pitchers that do. Fromber's kind of like the defending champion of this conversation. Like he's he's been that guy for the last several years where he is the best stuff guy outside of Verlander Cy Young year that you have on this team. Javier has shown that he's capable of being right there with him. Like high strikeouts. Now he doesn't go deep into games. He is somebody that throws a lot of a lot of balls. His, his you know command's not fantastic, which means he can't go deep into games. So if he walks a lot and he strikes out a lot, that means you're throwing a lot of pitches. I think the wild card for me is Hunter Brown. Like I, I love Hunter Brown's stuff. Uh, Hunter Brown's stuff is really really good. Now he's going to have to be able to command it. And I think Dre had a good point the other day where it's hey let's let's not look for the punch out every single batter that you face. Maybe you pitch to contact every now and then, which I'm cool with that as well. But Hunter Brown's stuff is is good like it's going to play and I think that Hunter Brown has has the potential to lead this team in ERA this year might be too early but I think he has it you know in him 
But I got to go with Fromber. Like, Fromber is capable of being a top – I mean, he's capable of winning a Cy Young. He, he was the favorite at the halfway point last year. Uh, he's been in the top three in Cy Young voting. So I got to go with Fromber because he's the one with the highest upside right now this year. If there's one guy that's more important than other uh, than any other, it's Fromber Valdez for me. Yeah, you. The way, when you were talking there, I thought you were about to say the name that I I would yeah. give as my most important starter. I know it was, where you're going to go. It I is know where Hunter, you're going to go. Yeah, I, thought, I, I literally oh, really? thought you I thought were going to say Hunter Brown. Brown. I, I thought you were going to say Hunter Brown, and Hunter Brown's my Javi. most most important. And, and you guys both make good points with with Fromber and Christian Javier, but I think. Hunter Brown, if he hits his potential as you know a top 100 prospect, as the Astros' best prospect, and that really comes to shine for the Astros this season, I think it's just more transformative for the Astros' starting rotation. Not only does it get deeper, and I mean, there's a big difference to me having like three really good starters and four. That becomes a big difference, especially as you're trying to buy time for Lance and uh, Luis Garcia to get back. But he's also the type of pitcher that you could see if he's right and if he's at his best be the workhorse and be a guy that could get you into the seventh inning, even eighth inning sometimes. And that has a big impact to me. But you don't with the bullpen. You don't need it as much with the bullpen you have. You can't do that every night, though. Six innings would be great. You can't do that every night, though. Yeah, six would be great. But at the same time, the the, the top three guys in the rotation, Why, if, if Javier truly figures it out, the reason why I went that route is all three of those guys, they know how to pitch, and they know how to pitch in massively big situations, and they've been there, done that, and it's just, to me, it's it seems like it's more health. Sometimes with Fromber, it's more be mental health as well as his physical. I think that Javier, it, it, I think he was just, I think he was torched. And I think, yeah. yeah, and I, I think, think he's can... going to be fine. Verlander, age, and obviously whatever's going on right now, that's a concern, but I, I think I trust all three of those guys in big-time situations. Hunter Brown, I got to see, I, I, I need, to your point, Brian, I need to see more that I can trust him. I know his, he's got stuff capability. The stuff is electric when it's right, but he's also got a pitch. I think you can win it all without Hunter Brown being one of your best four starting pitchers, though. I agree, too, because you've got other guys that, that could actually then, take that spot. Then how can you say he's the most important? So I did I'm that, not saying. I, no, I'm not saying you specifically. Oh. Chill. <laughs> I'm chill. <laughs> I'm saying that's why I can't, I can't go with Hunter Brown there, because I think you are capable of winning the World Series yep. without Hunter Brown. Uh, I think you're capable of winning the World Series without Justin Verlander being his you know, dominant self and his best. You almost did it last year. I don't think you can do it without Fromber being – borderline elite and maybe elite. And I thought that's why Brian was going to go with Christian Javier. Because, like, you can make the argument that Javier at his absolute best has the nastiest stuff. And, you know, we saw it two years ago. We saw it in the World Series against Philly. Blah, 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 blah. The, the hang-up with Javi is I don't think he could be a workhorse type. He's not going to go 180 innings type of, uh, type of thing. And in the Hunter Brown workhorse thing, like, I don't want him throwing a, a ton of pitches in his second year in the bigs. Like, he went over 160 last year. I think that was too many. I thought he should have been around 130, 140, and you're ramping up to 150, 160 this year. So I don't want him to be the workhorse. So I think that the other thing to me is, is that as long as those three guys at the top of the rotation are right, there's multiple options for four and four and five. When you got Lance, when you got Garcia, even an Urquidy when he's right – uh, can be a fifth starter, four sure. starter, four, borderline four starter. But I think you have to have the top three guys be right. No doubt. So I think that's no why doubt. they're more important. Yeah, and that's why I said what I said, too, and, yeah. and picked Javier. Yeah, three six six seven. I love how people say when Lance come back, he has great stuff. He's shown you zero stuff for almost two years. In Fairyland, he's great, but he has to prove he can pitch for me. Uh, I think it's a fair point because he hadn't been there for a while. But Lance's career numbers are really good. I was going to say, his numbers translate when you look at the pure numbers of what he has done. I'm with you. I get he hasn't done it recently. But when he's on the mound, you trust him. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got a career year under 350. Uh, the year that he pitched in 22, which he was pitching injured, apparently, uh, with, with bones in his elbow, he had a 227 ERA. And, that, I mean, that was 47 innings. That was eight starts. Like, I don't think he's a 227 ERA guy. He's probably more of a 325, 350 guy. Uh, but I, I feel like if he pitches, I think he's going to be fine. I don't know if he's going to be like dominant Lance that we saw make an all-star team, but I think he's going to be fine. Uh, 6927 says JV's the most important. We needed a horse like him last year, and if he gets the Astros 25 starts this year, uh, that could be an easy 15 wins. I don't even care about the regular season. Like Maybe I'm just way too confident about the Astros in the regular season that, to me, it's more of a playoff thing. Yeah, it, you know what? I, I'm not there with you. I, I love that you are, and I hope you are right and I'm wrong, and that doesn't happen often. But I, I just... I'm a little leery of the regular season, but I certainly I, they they fully they're loaded enough. They have the capability of doing it. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six six five three nine. You guys are talking like the Astros bats are actually going to show up in big games. Come on, this isn't the Killer Bees. Astros have won two World Series. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what are you What are you talking and the, about? And, and there's there's an argument to be made, a pretty strong argument to be made that their lineup's better this year. So, uh, I, I I'm not worried at all about the bats showing up. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Who is the most important Astro starting pitcher for you? Uh, also, when we come back, we're going to make mock drafts great again. And how do we make the Texans better? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. Guys, right now I want to tell you about the the greatest new golf spot open in the Houston area. It's in Katy. It's X Golf, and you can look at it online and find out what I found out in person when I went there. The most accurate and best golf simulators I've ever been on. They are absolutely amazing, and there's eight of them. You, it's great. It's a great spot to work on your game. You can go and work on your game and practice your chipping and putting, and the putting is realistic before you ask that question because so many simulators, it's not. The putting is accurate. The chipping is fantastic. All the laser-focused ways of calculating all of the shot track it's all there for you to judge distance and hit, and especially if it's, it's raining outside, but even when it's not, or you want to hit balls at night, you can go there and really get a lot out of it. But it's also a fun place to just come with your friends or family. Hang out. It's like a sports bar and a great golf environment. You can work on your game. You can watch sports. You can enjoy the libations, and the environment is absolutely fantastic. We're going to be there this Friday. And you need to stop in and see us and then see X-Golf. Because once you're there once, you are going to be hooked that that is a spot where you can work on your game. And it's where true golf lovers are. You need to check it out today. Go to the, go to the website. Check out X-Golf in Katy. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. How old is Spencer Tillman? Um, he's 59. He's, is he really? Yeah. You thought he was younger? I did. Eh. When was his heyday? Like the 70s? I don't remember. No, I'm kidding. He was, he was born in 64. You, you would think a 59-year-old would be a little more mature. You know? You think a 59 year old be a little bit more mature? I've never met him, so I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. We've talked a few times. I've told him what I think about him. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Making mock drafts great again. Uh, The the results from yesterday's mock draft, because now we're allowing the uh, the voters to take part in this. We're Mm -hmm. allowing you, the listener, uh, to be a part of our of our show, you can go vote at Jeremy Branham. Uh, yesterday we had a we had a tight race yesterday with the four 
uh, the four guys that we had uh, up for up for vote: Brian Thomas, Tyler Guyton, Cooper DeGene, and Adani Mitchell. Brian Thomas barely took the vote at thirty-four point seven percent. Cooper DeGene thirty-three point six. Brian Thomas edged him out. Hmm. So Brian Thomas, a Houston Texan, according to the guys that you want. A new one today, 713-780-3776. Today's mock draft, we're operating from Yahoo Sports. Uh, their top five, <laughs> I hadn't looked at this until just now. Uh, number one, Chicago Bears select Drake May. Stop it. I'm not, I will not, I will not stop it. It's, what it, it's what's on the, the list here. Their top pick is Drake May. He says, I think May or Williams are top-notch prizes for the draft. May has been my pick for the Bears for months now. Great combination of size, athleticism, and arm talent. Worthy of the number one pick with the Bears in a prime position to bolster the talent around him and hit the ground running. This is Nate Tice, Charles uh, McDonald, that alternated picks. Uh, Nate Tice is the one who made this pick. First time I've seen it. Yeah, first time I've seen Nate Tice too, and maybe Nate needs to do a little. I've bit heard more of Nate work. Tice. I, I just I, I don't think that's the case at all. I, I think they're either going Caleb Williams or they're trading the pick. Is that because of what you've seen on tape, or is that because of what you've seen on mock drafts and betting? Odds? I think a combination. Because you think, haven't been that high on Williams. I haven't. To be honest, I haven't seen enough of Drake May. Period. But I think that even with the question marks that now exist with Caleb Williams, I believe that in this quarterback class right now, as we're sitting here today, Caleb Williams is a half a notch above everybody else, every other quarterback in this draft. If the Bears are going quarterback, I I just think there's only one choice for them, and it's Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I was just curious where where you're at with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, Washington, they do go Caleb Williams, so they get Cliff Kingsbury. Now they get Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury gets his quarterback. Um, now I think they're going to end up trading up to get him. Number three is Jaden Daniels. So it goes quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Marvin Harrison goes four. And then Alou Fashanu, the tackle from Penn State, goes number five. Uh, Neighbors, number seven. Roma Dunze, number eight. Bowers goes number nine to the Bears. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, the number 11 pick to Minnesota. Um, and that's all the quarterbacks yep. and intriguing names. Uh, scrolling down to the Houston Texans, they had the Texans selecting Byron Murphy, defensive lineman from Texas. If that's the pick, Blankers and Brian, <laughs> are you okay with that? Okay. Over the moon. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely ecstatic. <laughs> I'm going, yes, sir, and I don't need another. Thank you very much, and that would be absolutely fantastic. Obviously, D'Amico wants to improve his defensive line. This is the guy that I think it's been a pipe dream previously that he would be available at this point in the draft. If you get him there, then I would be over the moon. Yeah. Yeah, this, this would be a home run pick. If, if, if This would be a sprint to the podium. Don't even waste time, you know, letting the clock run, you know, run down for that 10-minute window they have. Sprint to the pony and make the pick, and he's instantly an impact, uh, impactful playmaker day one for the Houston Texans. Be a starting defensive tackle day one. Yeah, we're all we're good with the uh, the Byron Murphy pick. So playing the game here, looking at the next three picks, and then giving ourselves a multiple choice. Amarius Mims tackle from Georgia goes number twenty four. Uh, Tyler Guyton tackle from Oklahoma goes number twenty five. So we're not really going to draft those guys. And then number twenty six, Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Florida State. A lot of people like him. Some people don't. Uh, so pretty much comes down to two guys, I imagine, unless you guys want to draft tackle. Who would you take in this multiple choice between Murphy, Mims, Guyton, Coleman? This one's just a no-brainer. This is one of the easiest ones we've done, and maybe it's because Yahoo Sports has become more of clickbait-worthy than than a lot of the in-depth. I, I just think that you stick with – if you have the chance right there to get a guy like Murphy – 
and you know what it would do for this defense, and you know how much a defensive-minded head coach would love to have a guy like that, I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm not looking at wide. Re- I'm looking. I'm not looking at other positions that just add to what you already have, like offensive line and wide receiver. I am going directly, like Brian said, to the podium as fast as I can. Going, our defense just got better. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of anti-receiver at uh, at the with this first round pick for the Texans at number 23. Uh, defensive tackle was a need, I think, and then D'Amico reassured us of that immediately after they were eliminated from the playoffs. So this is an easy one for me, Byron Murphy. Uh, it would be difficult for me not to pick Byron Murphy with a lot of the combinations that I think could potentially be here. So give me the Texas defensive tackle. Yeah, make it unanimous. I would pick Byron Murphy here too. I'm not, as we talked about yesterday, I'm not against at all the idea of taking wide receiver, but Keon Coleman is not really a guy I'm in love with and especially not over a bigger need and a better player overall to me in Byron Murphy. So Byron Murphy would be the easiest pick here uh, of the four. Yeah, I um, you're definitely more pro receiver than than Blankers and I are yep. at, at number twenty three. So I think that's good. That's good to have that balance. Uh, the early returns so far on this one, Byron Murphy, sixty five percent of the early votes. So I have a pretty good idea of how this one's going to go. I thought unless, the Longhorn we can fans fix the would, election. Yeah, I thought the Longhorn fans would come out of the woodwork for this one, regardless. But this is a no brainer. Yeah, I might stack the. Eh, I'm not going to do it re- soon, but I might go with like the four most popular picks that I think exist at that spot. I'll probably do that like on draft day though. Like still collect all the information and on draft day just completely stack the deck to try to make it a very interesting vote. Uh one five four two, knowing I can be completely wrong. <laughs> I love the way you started that. Uh, I truly believe Caleb Williams is a bust. Very immature and arrogant and not good in big games. Look, there is reason to have concern. I'm not gonna go full blown bust. There's reason to have concerns. You and I talked about this yesterday, all three of us did about the fact that you know, I would felt a lot more like slam dunk worthy of the pick maybe, you know, six months ago or a year ago. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think there's obviously some kind of, I wouldn't say character concerns, but just maturity concerns. But he can sling it. He is athletic. I, I think that bust is way too strong for Caleb Williams. I can't remember where I saw it today, but they had Caleb Williams as the best quarterback prospect like in the last 10 years. Which is um, a bit much. But th- mean, th- that was being said about him when he won the Heisman before he had the hiccups this year. Sure. I mean, what if it's not a bit much, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, Pat Mahomes wasn't a great pro- – I mean, pro- Pat Mahomes is obviously a good prospect, but he slid to 10. Like, yep. you, you wouldn't put him as, like, the best prospect coming out of college. Like, they had Trevor Lawrence as the number two. Yeah, the, the biggest thing then you have to ask yourself if you're an organization when everybody's so quick to say the Bears could pass on him, are you willing to accept the the, the – the, the fallout if you pass on him and he is the next Pat Mahomes right. and and how, of each guy when you say that I think he has the the most the biggest chance to be Pat Mahomes yeah if you're gonna if, I think if you decide not to pick him I think you have to trade down and yes. take all the value yes. two nine one two zero percent chance Bears take another UNC guy that high after the Trubisky project I mean Trubisky was a was a first rounder now I don't love this logic or not a first rounder I meant yes, to say he was. A, he was yeah I know he was but I meant to say he's a Pro Bowler oh um, okay. he made the Pro Bowl in his second he did oh, okay. he made the Pro Bowl in his yeah, second year how much does that matter I don't like this logic though because like what if the Texans drafted Cardell Jones. Like, because the Ohio State project, you shouldn't have drafted C.J. Stroud. Like, to me, each prospect needs to be looked at in a vacuum, not based on where they went to school. Well, you know what that tells you. It tells you that, that, if, that if a team thinks like that, they're too concerned about what their fan base thinks. Because it's not about what the fan base thinks and, and not about whether you think Ohio State or Carolina is a quarterback factory or not. You're exactly right. It's each individual is based on his own merits, a, a guy that you evaluate, and it, you don't give a rat's ass about where he played 
in terms of the history of the quarterbacks or the history of the team. You take yeah. the best player available. Curious Brian's thoughts on this. 8863, I think Sweat is better than Murphy, not bagging on Murphy. He's really good. I think he also benefited from playing next to Sweat. Sweat pushed back the line so much, drew double teams. I read somebody, I think it was Cody Johnson, who I respect his opinion just about more than anybody. He he doesn't like the Sweat fit with D'Amico's defense. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're different types of players. It's hard to say one is definitely better than the other. I mean, obviously, Sweat is a kind of a, a freak being, you know, the 360-pound monster that he is. Byron Murphy is more the traditional defensive tackle. I think it depends on what you want, but I do agree with what you just said there, Jeremy. In a 4-3, I would rather have Byron Murphy. Well, I, think, I, think I think Devontae Sweat's a better fit in a 3-4. They were worried about Sweat's weight when he reported to the Combine or, or to the, the, the Senior Bowl. And then he just went to practice and yeah, it just doesn't absolutely it doesn't matter for everybody. There, there, some guys are just built differently. They can put on more weight and handle it, and it doesn't matter. And certainly, now, we'll see what happens when he turns 28, 29, 30, if that's still the case or if his body starts to break down. But right now, I don't think it matters for Sweat. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Why the face Wednesday? Why is Brian make faces today? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, a few words for my friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, great dude, even better at what he does. I think he's the best in the business at the Neograph procedure, and I think you guys need to be aware of it because I tell you about it all the time. I went through the Neograph procedure it was a no-brainer for me after Doc explained it, and I cannot tell you how happy I am about the results. I can tell you all day, as a matter of fact, because the, it, the results you could see instantly, and, and in six to nine months when the full results are visible, you are going to be ecstatic because you got your hair back. And it's your own hair. It's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that mask the problem. It literally is your own hair. And as he explained to me, and he will explain to you if you have a consultation, is just the fact that no matter how bald you go on top or how bald you go in front, you're never going to go bald on the sides in the back of your head. So he takes some of that hair, he repurposes it where you need it most, you get to see the absolute follicles growing on a daily basis and reap the benefits from the time he does the surgery. Absolutely phenomenal. And as a listener to ESPN 97.5, you get that consultation I was talking about for absolutely free. Most people have to pay 150 bucks. You mentioned ESPN 97.5 and also go to 975hair.com to set up your appointment. You don't have to pay a thing. No obligation, no signing on the dotted line, no commitment or money out of your pocket. Just in the, the opportunity to sit down and learn about the procedure, ask questions, get answers, and see if it's right for you too. Like I said, it was right for me, and I can't stop telling people about how great it is. You should check it out and see you could you could be the next in line. Go to 975hair.com right now. And go see my friend, Doc Linville. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings. Guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. Okay, why why are we making faces? Well, we're not making faces. Why is Brian making faces? It's weird that our producers make faces both on the same day, and they both make faces. Brian, why are you making faces today? So I, I know the the, the uh, intro there talked about it being non-sports, but I'm going to stick in the sports world for this first one. So uh, first take, obviously known for having some weird opinions given out on that show, trying to grab headlines and whatnot. So Tuesday morning on first take, Stephen A. Smith, J.J. Reddick, and Shannon Sharp 
were asked uh, and were debating like which players were best suited in the NBA to carry the torch after LeBron James ultimately decides to retire. And uh, as you're about to hear in this clip, uh, Shannon Sharp's criteria for the nod was a little bit confusing and had uh, Stephen A. Smith and J.J. Reddick scratching their heads. <laughs> what about relationship status? Magic and Bird was married. LeBron was in a relationship with Savannah. How do we look at that? Because when we look at presidential candidates, we look at candidates, we want them to be secure. We want them to be foundational pieces. You know what I'm I saying? That you I, have, I, like, you're stuck. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what the hell you're asking. <laughs> I, I did not, I did not expect this. Shout out to Shannon Sharp to be able to get Stephen A. Smith to say, I have no idea what the hell you're saying. They're like, what? Why Why do you care if they're married or not? I mean, do we do, how many fans know the marital status of most NBA stars? Well, Zion, we know exactly. Well, he, yeah, he, yeah, Zion, yeah, we know. What he's been through. I mean, um, happy, happy wife, happy life. I guess. But, I mean, they, like later every... on, Molly Kiram tries to rescue him and makes the point about how maybe a, a, fa- a positive family image is more marketable for NBA stars. But hello, Behind, Co- uh, Kobe Bryant was not uh, exactly. Kobe, Michael. Yeah. Had his... I mean, he used magic. Charles. Like, yeah, I magic mean, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't want to say it, but. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can. Okay, I'm going to have to defend Shannon here a little bit. I could see if you're not chasing, you can spend more of your time working on your game. Yes, are you, if you're assuming they're still not chasing, yeah, right? I mean, I mean, that's what I think. That I think he's making that assumption that family life, they're not chasing. Uh, they can work on their game more. Now, I don't like his examples. His examples are poor, but I could see that. Kevin Durant's not married, and he's always been considered one of the best players in the league. That has been, you know. At least carrying the lighter with the torch, he's that's always been awful. hovering around it. Yeah, that's an awful. That's yeah, I mean, would Stephen thing. Curry's jump shot that's fall apart thing. if he got a divorce? I mean, it's, 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 it's absurd. It, it's an awful take. It's an awful take by Shannon. Oh yeah, I mean, like just Brian. The first thing I thought about was, well, Kobe was pretty much on top of the mountaintop, and he, where there are a lot of mountaintops, did a, a little, little, yeah, a little bit of a problem. Little Colorado issues. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a problem. Colorado was that a, was that a Colorado joke? No, I just I didn't intend it to tie in there, but when we're talking about top of the mountains, and then he went where the mountains are, no, they're known for the mountains. He did some extracurriculars he shouldn't have done, and the top of the mountain got a little rocky. Yes, it did. Cost him a four million dollar ring. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, yeah, this is a bad. This is a bad take. You have you. It's, this is a golf thing too. I think it was Gary Player that always said like you need to have a good wife to really be good at your game. But then there's a lot of other people that say that. If you have the wrong top of, type of wife, that it hurts your game. Yeah, because like there's been Tiger. Some, although Tiger was at fault. There. Well, but there's been even before Tiger. There's been some serious womanizers and drinkers and partiers that were at the very top of the PGA Tour. See, I can see. I see where he's coming from. Like, I think his setup was awful, and his examples were literally the worst. And I don't want to go down the magic train, but um, I can see. Did you know it was a train at one point. I can see where. If you have your life in order more and it's more stable, where it can elevate your work life, I can yeah, see that. It, that shouldn't affect it. I mean, whether you, depending on how much you work on your guys, Kobe worked on his game all the time when he was married, when he was single. He was even when he was single, he was working with Dream in the summer. I think that if if if, if it's just it's kind of like the difference between Anthony Rendon and guys that really are passionate about their craft, married or single, they're going to bust their tail. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to be elite, it shouldn't matter. Like, you right. should be able to compartmentalize where it shouldn't matter. I can see where he's coming from. I just don't agree. And it's his an examples were literally brutal. Yep. <laughs> brutal. All right, why else are you making a face, Brian? So, uh, a, a few other people that d- don't have their life together. Uh, police in Long Island right now are looking for a trio of thieves who stole $640 worth of Haagen-Dazs ice cream from a Long Island 7-Eleven. And I don't know where ice cream fits on your guys' like list of best desserts. For me, it's pretty high up. It's top three, just especially depending upon well, I which love me brand some ice cream now. Of, yeah, which brand of ice cream we're talking about. And that's my biggest problem with this. Not that they stole six hundred forty dollars worth of ice cream. If you're gonna if you're gonna look, and so far they've gotten away with it, they haven't been caught yet. But if you're gonna take the risk and steal that much ice cream, you're still in Hagadas. You can't you can't go for Blue Bell or or, or well, now, where, where Blue, did it Blue Bell's not available Long, in Long Island. Island, but Ben and Jerry's. It happened in Long Island, but at the same time, you're not reselling the ice cream. Why are you you're stealing the ice cream and you're just gonna you're eating all that yourself? Yeah, because I'm glad you brought that up. So the, apparently, this amount of ice cream, the six hundred forty dollars, works out to multiple dozens of cartons of ice cream. Yeah, how long? How how much freezer space do you have? Exactly. And even if you do, you're going to get sick of the flavors, and that's a whole hell of a there's, lot there's of ice an expiration cream. expiration date yeah, on that ice exactly. cream. Exactly, <laughs> and it's dairy products, and you're not reselling that ice cream. Yeah. Stop it. I think you're underrating one thing. There's two things in play here that, that I, I take away from this. These guys are never going to be found because the evidence melted. It no longer exists. Uh, secondly, I think these guys were at a party with a lot of marijuana. I think they were getting high with all of their friends. They got a little craving for some haagen and they went and they stole ice cream for all of their friends. I think marijuana was in play. I have stories for you guys, and thanks to the Statue of Limitations that I could tell. But, yes, <laughs> I think that whether they were – it was marijuana or just one of the – they were on a bender, I think that's a very possible – Hypothesis, Jeremy. You Certainly have, greater than a 0% chance. If you have 20 dudes who are getting high at the crib, they can get they can get through a dozen containers of ice cream without problem. Without problem. Oh, you think they ate it the same night? Yeah. Well, if it was enough people, yeah. There's no way. I think they, they, yeah. there's some of it on ice somewhere. But, yeah, they either they had to consume a majority of it. I think that was in play. All right, what else are you making? Uh, one more for, quick one. I don't know if you guys have a plan for, like, if you needed to make a getaway, what type of vehicle you would take, like, where you would go, what sort of, you know, route depends you Depends on the take. ice cream. It depends on the ice cream, exactly. Uh, but a man in Arizona uh, probably had the worst plan that you could possibly think of. Uh, a man who told police later that he just needed to do this so he could get a ride home from prison stole a semi-truck hauling over a million dollars worth of new Corvettes and obviously got busted for it. Is now going right back to where he came from. Uh, the, 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 he, he literally stole a semi-truck. It, it, I don't know if you have a power ranking of the worst getaway vehicles. Certainly semi-truck uh, with $1.25 million worth of new Corvettes it would be at the bottom of the list. Uh, not a great getaway vehicle. Not a great plan. Yeah, not exactly a sleek motor vehicle or a car that you could easily stash and get rid of. It's a huge, big 18-wheeler, yeah, like, and it's got a boatload of expensive cars on it. If the police are telling each other, like, hey, who are we on the lookout for? We're on the lookout for a semi with a bunch of new Corvettes. I don't think he's sneaking now, through I'll any tell of these you this. towns. I'll tell you this. The KG move would have been... You steal the whole truck with all the Corvettes, then you get the keys to one of the Corvettes, 
and now you got a getaway car that you can actually do something in, and then at a certain would have point, been a better plan than easier. what he did with. Yeah, certainly yeah. better plan than what he did. It depends on what the attributes you're looking for. If you're looking for speed, this is a bad plan. If you're looking for power and size, this is this is the way to go. What are you going to batter? What are you going to do, Derek Henry? Batter, batter the door down at your place. <laughs> you're going to run over all the roadblocks that stand in front of you. I mean, these guys don't get away, anyways. Um, criminals are dumb. I, I oftentimes think I would be a good criminal. I think I could get away. I think with you could things. definitely I have a better plan than selling a semi semi full of Corvettes. I give you credit for that. Yeah, I was also thinking too, like. You know, the prison system's not great. Like, you don't want to be in prison, obviously. No. Hot take. But if you get, like, really down and, you know, you're 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 down in your luck and things are not going your way, maybe, you know, you don't have any family anymore, maybe you've been evicted and, you're, like, you're homeless, wouldn't you commit a crime to get into prison? Too hot to cot. Took us really down a really dark path there, Yeah, Charming. some bars and cinder block, but. <laughs> Jeez. Like, would you rather be in prison or would you rather live under a bridge? It's a legitimate discussion. I'd rather be in prison. Yeah. Like, at least I'm getting a guaranteed meal, like, three times a day. I'm getting a place to lay down that isn't the road. Like, I, I think I would commit a crime. Like, I would. I don't know if I would commit the crime. It's quite I possible. I might try to get away with it, but I think I might, like, say I did a crime. It depends on the prison you're in, Jeremy, because you could well, get I mean, one of those, man, like those, those homemade knife things that they make in prison you could get you could get taken out in prison i think i would go down to the courthouse and be drunk and they would like throw me in the slammer for public intoxication or something like that you know what i mean i mean what you're talking about though is like a weekend it's a misdemeanor yeah Yeah. you do that you do that every you know every time you need a a night rest like i'd rather be in the jail than living outside in the middle of houston summer I can't say it's the worst take no, I've heard. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's not it's, outlandish. It's not Shannon Sharp, but it's <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's at least worthy of a discussion. It I don't know. To be on first take, though. I don't know why I thought of that this morning, but I, I thought of it this morning. I was like, why don't like these dudes that are sleeping outside when it's middle of the summer in Houston? Why keep, don't they get thrown in the slammer somehow? Well, the only thing that you have to be concerned about, even if you keep to yourself, even you could look at someone the wrong way and be in danger. But you're right. I, I've thought about it previously. The fact that. People could actually get three hots in a cot or two hots, whatever, and a roof over their head. That's pretty sound for some yeah. people. These are the stupid things that I think about. This, these are the things that go on in my mind. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. See, Jeremy, the, the biggest problem with that is are, are you married or are you single? Because if you're single, then you can't. You can be doing that. But you can't be doing that if, you, no. if you're married. I wouldn't have any know family about the guys all. that stole the ice cream and stole the Corvettes. Not married. If yeah, they were married, they would have done this. Well, or they, they gave well, their wife a Corvette. <laughs> or <laughs> their wife's pregnant and she had a craving. Because you would go beyond all means to <laughs> no cure a pregnant question. wife. <laughs> no <laughs> question. Uh, <laughs> that are the consequences. If you don't, you go get whatever they are hungry for. Exactly. Uh, Ime Adoka met with the media today. Apparently that, that threat of changing the starting lineup. Eh, I mean, technically he's going to be right. But it, it, it's an empty threat. He said no real changes to the rotation. Why did Emei say it but not execute it? And should he have made a lineup change? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. If you're a business or a company and you're looking to change up your, your human resources, maybe your payroll company, well, i got just the company for you. Uh, HRMP, Human Resources and Payroll, owned by Mike Holly, Chris Fisher over there, great people, but Mike Holly's a cougar, go Cougs. Uh, U of H, class of 1990, used to be an offensive lineman that protected the Heisman Trophy winner. Now he wants to protect you and your business. Uh, HRMP has been around for 
for nearly 25 years, providing comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll, too. HRMP will work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. Whatever you need. There's nothing cookie-cutter about HRMP. Uh, if you need a little help with payroll, they got you. If you need a little help with the human resources, they got you. Uh, you need help all across the board, they got you. They'll create a plan for what you and your business needs. They'll work with you to do that. Also, their customer service second to none. You'll never talk to a stranger on the other side of the line. Anytime you have a question, you need to make a call for to them. Uh, you'll be calling someone that's familiar with you, and they're familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service. We use HRMP here at Gal. I have a question from time to time, uh, tons of questions because I'm not very smart, but I always get a quick response. It's very easy to understand. Let them help you out too. Let HRMP take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your HR burdens so you can get back to growing your business. Give them a call at 281-880-6525. Let HRMP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or online at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. Blunt commentary delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. 807 so, uh, 8704 says rob a bank. If you get away with it, you get the money. If not, you get a shelter in mill in prison. That might be the route. Like, I'm not going to do anything that would jeopardize anybody. Like, I'm not going to go in with a weapon. I'm not going to, like, hurt anybody. Maybe this would be the way to go. I'm with you. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think there's no doubt something to be said about if there's a way, like after hours, to do you know to get it to try and get a cash register or something like that. If yeah. they don't find you, or while they're trying to find you, you you will be able to use that money to probably get a hotel and a steak dinner and a whole bunch of stuff. And then when you're caught. If, I don't think they're going to put you in a maximum security prison. If you're caught. True. I think I can get away with it. Um, and, and I, I all think the money, you should try. The money's FDI insured. Wait, is that your way of trying to get to, to work with somebody else, Blankers? No, I, see what you're doing. I think you should give it a go. The money's FDI insured, right? Like, I would assume all whoever, banks have to take it to us. There has to be a very high level of, of yeah. protection, right? Yeah, there we go. I think I like your idea. I like where your mind's at. Uh, Ime Adoka came out today. They met with the media today. They resume uh, their season tomorrow, not the second half, the stretch. What do you call it, the final stretch or the stretch drive? Uh, Rockets are going to be trying playoff to push. They're going to yeah, play. Eh, I don't like that. I don't want it to be a playoff push. <laughs> it is push. definitely the yeah. The, the, I want it to be come up with some alliteration for tank. We had it. What, what, yeah, we had it the said, other day. I, I don't remember. Stretch, I think you said the stretch drive. Stretch drive. Yeah, there you go. I think you said the stretch drive. I wanted. I want them to tank though. So I need some alliteration here for tank. Uh, but Ime Adoka meeting with the media. Daniel Lerner tweeted this. She works for the Chronicle. Uh, Rockets coach Ime Adoka said he considered a new starting lineup over the All Star break, but ultimately decided he won't make immediate changes. Now Fred Van Vliet, who's been out since February fourth with that adductor strain, uh, said that he is good to play in the back to back games on Thursday and Friday. Friday, so they're kind of making a starting lineup change, but a lot of people thought it'd be one of the youngsters, like it'd be Jalen. I even saw like Alpi mentioned. I had a feeling that we weren't going to see a change. Yeah. Ime hinted at it. It kind of this is kind of like an empty threat. I don't know if I love this empty threat, uh, but we were talking about it when he, the next day after he made it, and we both agreed that this was something to try to motivate the team, not that he would actually do anything about it. Yeah, this is. 
it's starting to be a more and more popular trend amongst coaches to send a message without having to have the confrontation and the one-on-one or the discussion. You just go through the media to get your point out there and hopefully across to, so that the players understand and you don't have to worry about getting into a shouting match or really having a player go south on you. It's a shame it's come to that because you should be able to sit down and have a conversation with your player or players that you have in question or you have questions about their whatever is not suiting you the right way, and you should be able to work that out. But to me, I thought it was directed primarily at Jalen Green. Mm -hmm. And I think that and Jalen Green, if you read some of the other people that have covered the team right prior up to the All-Star break, were talking about the fact on Twitter and in articles and saying that He's made comments, I ain't no six man, and I'm not coming off the bench, and all these other things. That kind of, to me, was like, mm, maybe those things sync up. Maybe that the, either the message, one, got delivered, and two, he ain't fond of it, or regardless, he was talking about Jalen Green. Yeah, I tend to uh, agree. Uh, I don't think that he should be making a change, but I will say this. I will say this. I would... I would be fascinated to see how Jalen Green would respond to being benched. I almost want to see it. And I've been the Jalen Green defender of the show. Like, I think it's still too early uh, to make a decision on a 21-year-old. Like, go look at what the All-Stars were doing when they were 21 years old. They, you know, most of them hadn't amounted to anything just yet. I think his potential is too, way too good to give up on. Um, but almost as an experiment, I want to see – I don't even care if he comes off the bench. It's like the actual game. I want to see how he handles it from a mentality point of view. I don't think it would be good for what mm-hmm. it's worth. I think he would pout. I think he'd throw a fit. But I want to see him handle that news. I want to see him handle that action. I, it's not what I would do from a basketball playing point of view. I still like believe in Jalen Green. But from a mentality point of view, because I think that's where he's his weakest – I want to see how he would respond to being benched. I think it would be a bleep show, but I, I think that at a certain point you might even get there, but then you realize it's going to be a fire sale because everybody knows that he ain't coming back and doesn't want to play for you and the way you've treated him, and they're not going to be giving you top dollar for him at that point. Because I've been with you. I haven't been pleased with a lot of the way he's handled himself, and the biggest thing he has to work on is just the maturity level and the emotions. But overall, I've always said that he has a ton of basketball talent. It's just how does that translate to maturing and finding how that fits into an NBA team and NBA games? The the, the thing with Jalen Green is, is that it's not time to trade him. And you have to get as much as you can out of him before you decide to do something like this. Because I think there's no going back. Once you bench him, I think I, I agree with you. I think once you bench him and you take him out of the starting lineup – you pretty much are losing him as a rocket because I think that he is going to have a really tough time with it. He is going to have a ton of pushback with it, and I think that will definitely spell the end of his stint with the Rockets as as far as him giving you max effort and trying. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like, this is probably the Hail Mary move. Like, you've you've 99% have made your decision on Jabbar, uh, on Jalen, rather, mm-hmm. and this is like okay, this is your one final hell Mary to see if there's any saving them. Um, so you're probably not there yet. It probably has to come, you know, probably next year, quite frankly. But I think that's whenever you do it. Like you feel like you've already made the decision on Jalen. You're not either trading Jalen or you're you're not you know signing him to that contract extension. 
And as one final grass, one final Hail Mary, okay, let's see how he responds to this. And, and maybe it's maybe it's a motivator. Maybe it's like, okay, I hate this, and then all of a sudden he it's it clicks for him, and he has this killer instinct. I don't think that's the way it goes. I really doubt it's the way it goes. But only as a final Hail Mary is when you make that but call. But you know what, Jeremy? The reason why that almost has to happen this year then is because – if you wait till next year wow. and you do it, he has zero value going forward when you try and get out of the deal. And you, you essentially would have to let him walk or sell him for pennies on the dollar to a team that's willing to take a deal and take a chance. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's uh, maybe maybe the time is now to do that. But it's not what's going to happen. Um, Ime was uh, an empty threat. It's like when you tell your, your child that you're going to punish them if they eat too much candy and then they eat too much candy and you don't punish them. Look into then- my wife. And it's just a it's a it's a cruel circle because then they don't believe your empty threats. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP and HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. So the Texans have the most free agents of anybody in the NFL. So a lot of uncertainty. I think a lot of excitement. I think it's a lot of fun, especially with them having the cap space. But there is one certainty for the Houston Texans going into this offseason at the most important spot that makes this offseason fun. It's Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to break, I want to tell you about Allstate Siding and Windows. Allstate Siding and Windows, best in the business when it comes to siding and windows. Been in a business for almost 50 years. Family owned and operated. Mary and Mike and the family do a phenomenal job. And they are dedicated to the good people of Houston, Texas. And they are experts. So when you go to them, you should expect that they are going to be experts at being able to tell you and your house and your situation better than anybody else, what it needs, how it can help, how they can help, and the different products that they have to offer. Because, look, your house is your biggest investment for most of us, and it's going to be the most important to keep in tip-top shape. The best way to protect it and create that kind of tough outer shell so that you can keep the energy in, whether it be the cool air in the summer or the hot air in the winter, and protect it from hurricanes, but also upgrade the overall appearance of the house, are windows and siding. And the, the people to do it are Allstate Windows and Siding. Check them out today on their website, allstatewindowsandsiding.com. They got all kinds of deals going on right now. Right now, 30% off all on, on all windows, 24 months interest-free. They've, they've got a ton of specials going on, $2,500 off on a complete siding job, 24 months again, interest-free. But the best thing is, is they know their stuff, so they're going to come to you. All you got to do is call them or get on the website, but call them, 832-204-1936. 832-204-1936. I called them. They came to me. They told me how new windows were going to be a huge help for me and save my energy bills about 40%. It was a phenomenal decision, and it upgrades the overall look and appearance of your house. But, boy, when you realize the energy bills are a lot less and the house is a lot more comfortable and it's all better protected, you feel even better about your decision. They're great people. They're going to take care of you. Check them out today. Go to allstatewindowsandsiding.com.